Hello, everyone. Welcome to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood. I'm Lisa. And I'm Pauline. And welcome to another of our episodes. Um, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, extra welcome, because that's very exciting to get new listeners. Extra welcome. <laughs> extra welcome. You are more than welcome. More welcome than our loyal listeners. Oh, I'm like, God, well, I don't know. Some. Now we're you're lose some now. I'm just alienating go. everyone. Just I thought it would up. sound great, and now I've just ruined it. Yeah, that's okay. That's we'll okay. move on. I think it's just going. turn into the Pauline, Pauline episode. I'll let her do all the talking from now on. Um, so if you haven't Brilliant. listened to this, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, you'll notice, A, there's lots of banter. You may clue in that we are sisters, which is why the banter is as excellent as it is. And we are two sisters who love to rewatch old movies, um, and we're basically going through them and just sort of noting anything super fun super interesting if they've aged well if they're worth re-watching what we love about them what we don't love and that's pretty much what we're just chatting about if you didn't listen to the trivia sode for this episode go back and listen to that they're fun they're basically just us playing some games learning some trivia about um, the movies we're watching and just basically having a lot of laughs so for this episode pauline picked our movie so i'm going to turn it over to her so that she can tell us all about the fantastic film we watched over the weekend pauline what did we watch we watched the 1991 disney movie the rocketeer um directed by joe johnston um and then uh, starring Billy Campbell as Cliff Secord, uh, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly as Jenny, Timothy Dalton as um, Neville Sinclair, mm-hmm. and then Terry O'Quinn plays Howard Hughes, and Alan Arkin plays P.D. It's a movie about a guy in 1938 who's a pilot who finds a rocket pack uh, in this middle of this chase with the fbi and the mob and nazis are involved and everyone wants this (laughs) rocket pack and he becomes this hero but then the bad guys are all after him and it turns into chaos but it's really amazing jenny gets kidnapped there's secret rooms really everything you'd want in uh, a 1990s disney movie i think totally for me as a child anyway oh i agree (laughs) um yeah so it's that's the quick synopsis of the movie We'll get into more details, obviously, as we discuss it further. But mm-hmm. um, that gives you just a basic... It's based on a graphic novel as well. So there's there's that kind of element to it. I think it'd be really interesting if this movie were done now. Mm. Because now, with this massive resurgence of graphic novels and comic books turned into movies and Marvel versus DC and all these things, I really wonder... I think this movie would be very different if it was done now versus how it was done freaking 30 years ago I think oh totally so, um, totally so interesting that'd be pretty cool but anyway, actually yeah that'd be really really awesome um the only thing that i will say is um roger ebert gave this movie three stars mm-hmm. and i feel like that's very interesting because we'll come back to it because we'll talk more about obviously how it went down by the end of it obviously in our own opinions but um it wasn't it didn't do great at the box office but it wasn't critics didn't hate it mm-hmm. it didn't do great overseas uh, it didn't do as good as they thought they would do. So actually, when they released it in Europe, they Walt Disney changed. They changed it from Disney Studios to Touchstone Pictures to try to, to try to like rope in teenagers mm-hmm. to see if they could do it. And it just didn't. It just didn't land the way they thought mm-hmm. it would land. But um, it's a really amazing um, soundtrack composed by the wonderful and amazing James Horner. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, the only thing that I'd say is one of the ways they tried to get this movie to be more appealing to people is they actually put Timothy Dalton on the poster who wasn't initially on it, but they were trying to like, kind of like 
rope in some of that James totally. Bond appeal that he Check had just this had. Guy out. Don't you all love him? Totally. Yeah. You all love him. And, and it was relevant at the time. And, Amazing. And um, so anyway, so it just basically this movie just didn't do as well as they had anticipated it doing. And I think as we delve into this episode, I think we might have some ideas as to why. But, maybe. Maybe. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this but goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no, there was a, <laughs> I'd say a, I left all the good trivia in the trivia so I think. Cool. Very cool. What you need to know, I guess what you need to know is it, it wasn't a big smash, but it also didn't bomb. And it was kind of in that weird middle ground yeah. that often happens with some films, right? And I'm curious how many of our listeners have seen it and what kind of thoughts they had if it was like a kid favorite or if they only heard about yeah. it recently. Because I've heard of a few people say that it's kind of like a cult classic among some people. So I'm yeah. curious if any of our listeners, if they, they are those people or not. Um, well, that is one yeah. of the things that was interesting was there's a cult following apparently of this movie in the U.S. and Japan, oh, which I thought was very, very interesting. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it's kind of got this. So I know for me, like this was one of my mm -hmm. favorites. Like our dad took took me to see this at the at the movies. And I don't remember, Lisa, if you were there. Like, I don't remember if you took us. I don't. I don't I know, know because your reaction to the film was so yeah, strong that so whenever strong. the story was told about watching this in theaters, the focus was on how you react as a kid because you reacted amazing. So strongly. So I don't, so yeah, so I don't know. I feel like it'd be weird if it was, unless it was like our my birthday dinner where dad just take one of us out. But in my head, I'm like, I feel like you would have been there. Probably. I don't it remember that. it, but this is the thing. Yeah. When Pauline was in the theater as a kid, she got so into this movie that there were, different times different moments in the film when she would get up on her seat and cheer for the rocketeer she'd go 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 and she was so happy <laughs> that he was there to save the day or he was off to rescue jenny and so that's what gets retold about seeing this movie in the theater so i might have been there but kind of overshadowed right. it's hard to remember who else is in the theater when you've got one little kid who's just so into it so and like people were adorable. like turning around yeah. and like smiling and yeah. like laughing oh, how at me. Adorable. And I just, how cute this kid I is. I had no yeah. idea yeah. that that was what was happening. I just was like, yeah, go, <laughs> right. My fist is in the air. Yeah. So this, this guy's amazing. Uh, yeah. I so it. I really, yeah. I obviously have a nostalgia for this Clearly movie. Clearly it so, is um, well loved by Pauline. It's a cult, it's well, a cult favorite in my mind. Well, since we're talking about you as a kid seeing mm. this film, why don't we jump into yeah. our first question? So for this yeah. movie, what were your thoughts? Like, what did you notice watching it now yeah. versus when you were a kid? Does anything stand out? Did you remember things differently? Did you uh, not yeah, know I remember things? things? Yeah. No, I think I got everything. I think it was probably like perfect age for me mm. like to get to watch this movie. I think I got most of it. Like I didn't really get the complexities of like the Eddie Valentine being the mob mm. and Neville Sinclair like being his own bad guy separate from them. And, and so I just knew yeah. that I just kind of had this classification of like who's a bad guy. I remember mm. that the FBI agents were jerks. And so I didn't yes. like them because they totally. were mean to Cliff and he punches one of them. And I was like, he's a jerk. But <laughs> I know that the FBI is a good, I, it's a, like in my head, I'm like, well, they're good. But they're just because you're a good guy doesn't mean you're not a dick was my takeaway <laughs> as a kid, apparently. Doesn't you're not automatically a good person yeah. just because you work for the good guys. See, that's a um, complex thought. That's a good thing to know as a kid. Right? That's, right? Way to so go. I, yeah, and I and I did. I obviously did not know who Howard Hughes was. No. Like I didn't. So when he's a character in the movie, like he's just this guy 
who's who's in this glass walled office an amazing who office. made the rocketeer yep the the pack the, the whatever the number is that he calls it in the movie yep. but so so i definitely didn't get like the gravitas that they were going for with the with Howard Hughes being the guy who did it in the FBI. But, but, um, I love Cliff Steve Court. I thought he was so handsome. He was so mm, I handsome. agree. And I, I thought he was too. Jenny was beautiful. Jennifer Connelly is, she was stunning when she was 16. She is stunning now. And as a little girl, I was like, oh my goodness. And like, yeah. it's so funny to watch it now because yeah. she looks like a child. Well, because she, she was, she was 21 so when she made yeah. the film. And yeah. when I saw it as a kid, I was a huge fan of Labyrinth, everyone. And so I immediately oh, recognized yeah. her. I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's Sarah from Labyrinth. She's Jenny. And I was very excited that she was in two favorite mm. movies. Um, and you're right. Cause I remember thinking even in Labyrinth that she looks so old. And that totally. she was even older totally. in yeah. Rocketeer. Oh, she's so grown she's up. She's so sophisticated. And yeah, rewatching so it as an adult, I'm like, how old are you? Can you even what get a little a baby face? I know. I was thinking, I was like, she's with Timothy Dalton. I'm like, know. she looks like she's 16. <laughs> Come on, Timothy. So Cradle just, robber. But yeah. it is funny, as a kid, my, pers- my perspective of Jenny was that she was so, mm. like you said, elegant and refined yes. and a beautiful young woman. And now uh, watching it as adult she's still obviously beautiful but I'm like oh my god she's just a baby totally just totally so that was really funny to watch I was like oh man she's so young and so that was one uh Peavy Mm, Peabody played by Alan Arkin he I think is actually as an adult my favorite character I really liked him (laughs) as a kid but I was definitely more into like the hero romance of it totally yeah he I remember Peavy was like I loved whenever PV was on the screen when I was little. So I remember mm. that. Um, I didn't get, there's lots of jokes in this movie because it's based in 1938 and Neville Sinclair played by Timothy Dalton is a movie star. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of references to like the old timey movie ways of doing things and like actors of the time. So like, I didn't get them as a kid. Like there's one, there's a scene where everyone they're at this like fancy under the seas, South seas club is yes. what it's called. And, uh, He's like, hello, Neville. And he's like, hey, Clark. And it's like, oh, that's Clark Gable. But you, <laughs> you as wouldn't a know kid, that obviously. Kid. No, yeah, yeah. No. So those little things like the, the jokes of the movies of the 30s, that, that, didn't, that didn't land. Which is surprising because um, we watch some of those films. So you think yeah, of but all I didn't, children, yeah. we would. But, but we no, also they did not. They did not land in our No. In well, our they're area. too subtle. Yeah. Just by saying hello, Clark. Like a kid no. isn't going to be like, oh, Clark Gable. Totally. But, it's um, just a buddy he knows whose name is Clark. Yeah. His name is Clark. Whatever. <laughs> what about you? What were what were some of the things about the movie? So, that... so um, I got most of it. I remember. So the plot made sense to me. I understood the mafia guys. I understood that Timothy Dalton was secretly a Nazi and therefore a bad guy. He had that secret room with the radio, with the weird lighting. <laughs> Green, the green obviously. lighting because he's bad. Yep. You know, yep. so really hammer that home. He's not a nice yep, guy. Exactly. And for me as a kid, a couple things. So, yes, like you, I thought Jenny was super elegant. I loved the South Seas Club. I loved that me there was a too. giant clam that the singer totally. came out of. And as mm-hmm. a child, that was the peak of elegance to me. I was oh, like, 100%. Oh, my God, that singer with her beautiful dress and beautiful hair oh, coming out of this giant clam. Yeah. I want to be her. And she has yep. a beautiful voice. Oh, this is amazing. Nothing That's is right. superior to this. Um, it's hilarious. This is the height of luxury. This is the height of luxury, as John Mulaney would say. And that's exactly how my little brain went. I was scared of 
so Timothy Dalton plays uh, plays the villain, and he has a right hand sort of thug that he dispatches to take care of people who have become problems. And this gentleman is huge. I looked him up. He's seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. He's got makeup on his face to make him look scarier. So they use like prosthetics to change the appearance of his face. So he looks more almost like a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah, for that's how, what I thought yeah, too. For just how yes. odd his face is shaped and his like boxy shoulders that he has and the hat, like everything about him. And he's very intimidating. He doesn't speak much. He's kind of like a grunt. But when he his, speaks, he's like, bah, bah, where's yeah. the rocket? Like, that's how he yeah. talks. And as a kid, I was like, he's creepy. But it made him more terrifying because his way of dispatching people was to fold them in half. Yeah. And yeah. as a kid, it took me a bit to figure out what he was doing. And when I did, I was horrified. Mm-hmm. Me too. I and found I found Sorry, terrifying. I need to make that point myself. Mm. I didn't actually understand that he was folding them in half. Oh, and then, really? like, and even when they say it in the movie, like, and I, I mm. so the problem with, with me talking about what I understood or didn't understand is I know I figured it out at one point, but I've probably watched this movie totally. We've so, watched many, it so times many times that yeah. it was figured out at a later age. But at the time I just knew that he killed them. Like I mm. knew they were mm-hmm. dead, but I mm-hmm. didn't understand the subtlety of seeing like the shoe near the head mm-hmm. of Bigelow who's on the floor dead. And you're like, oh, that's his that's not his shoe. That's his foot in his shoe, and yes. his body is folded his body in half. Is and that basically in half. And that was lost on me. Definitely disturbing. in the first watching. I'm. Sh- I totally. figured it out later. Totally. It wasn't a revelation for me watching it the other day, but it definitely. It was I know something that that you figured land. out as you got older. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I just five-year-old Pauline didn't clock that, and and I didn't like because of course he's sent to retrieve the rocket, and and Timothy Dalton figures out who has it um, eventually. But as Pauline said, he kills a gentleman named Bigelow, who's basically the boss of Cliff Secord and, uh, Secord and PB. He's the white guy who runs the airstrip, the air show that they participate in. And he had figured out that it was probably Cliff. So he wrote his address down. And so when he died, that's what the the sort of grunt had. I think his name is Lothar or something Lothar. like that. Yeah. yeah. So Lothar. Lothar has that and he reads it in his palm and then he squishes it with his giant hand and goes in and interrogates sweet Peavy. And as a kid, I'm like, no, he's attacking Peavy. And Cliff, who's supposed to be like, you know, so strong and so tough, can barely land any kind of punch or hit on him because he's just so big. And it very it was quite distressing as a kid because I wanted them to be okay. Um, but I am I did find Alan Arkin hilarious. I actually really liked Timothy Dalton's character, which is so interesting because oh. he's so creepy. But Me as too. a kid, I, I don't, I don't want to say like I liked how he behaved. I just really liked Timothy Dalton. I thought Me he too. did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, whenever I saw him in movies as I got older, whether it was like, you know, the James Bond films or he was in he was in a version of Jane Eyre that I saw when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was so funny. Yeah. But I loved seeing him when I saw him in Chuck. When I was watching that series, I was super happy to see him. Anytime I see Timothy Dalton in something hot fuzz, right? You yeah. mentioned oh, that man. when we were talking about him. Yeah. It's, I really enjoy him. And I think it all stems from how much I enjoyed his performance, how good I thought he was in this film at being a bad guy, which is such totally. an interesting thing as a kid to to understand. Yeah. Um, but he became sort of this favorite actor oh, no. to see. And I feel the same way because I... I remember thinking, like, I don't know how much of it was, like, that I still thought he was quite handsome. I still really enjoyed how he, like, like you said, mm-hmm. I didn't like how he, how he, his character behaves in the movie. You get that he's a slime ball, 
but I didn't actually like, you know, when you're watching, um, it's kind of like in the three Musketeers, mm. Tim Curry is a slime ball, totally. but that doesn't mean that I didn't like Tim Curry, the oh, actor. Totally. Totally. So it's like, it's very much like you're, I, I was able to understand mm-hmm. that it's like, he did a really good job of being a bad guy. And I liked that about totally. Timothy Dalton. Totally. I agree. A hundred percent. The other character I really liked who we didn't mention is in it because he's not a big actor or anything, but there is another sort of washed up pilot on the airstrip. And mm. he he's played by this actor who I also love because he's in a league of their own. I love him. And he, he plays always the father plays, of Marla. He plays the father of Marla, this sweet genuinely kind dad Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. who loves his daughter so much and in I really liked him in Embrocketeer as well I think it cemented him to me as being this sweet guy because not only is he sweet in the league of their own he plays this very lovely character in Rocketeer where he's kind of a washed up guy he fought Malcolm Malcolm he fought in World War One and it kind of you know left him not in the best circumstances but he's like a good friend and he even tries to help Clifford out when he's late and he's supposed to be flying um the the clown uh, the clown airplane clown airplane yeah oh. before the air show and malcolm steps in because cliff is late and he doesn't want him to get in trouble because he's already sort of caused some embarrassment for cliff in the past and it's very sweet that he goes up in the air but of course things go out of control and the rocketeer has to save him and that was a moment as a kid i always loved it but i always felt so bad for malcolm i wanted him to be okay i was so happy that cliff rescued him uh, yeah. i found it very dramatic i was genuinely worried about him and and it's such a great little scene when he is okay at the end he kind of gives this laugh for being okay and it was very cute um but i loved seeing him in this movie and love seeing him in League of their own and so now whenever i do see him he's such a he's a side character he's not in much um but in the rare moments he was also someone who was like oh it's malcolm well and it's funny because i because you're right because he's also he's He's just a really good, um, like sympathetic side character, mm. but he's in sneakers. Yes, he plays and a bad he's guy. Not a good person and, in that one. But I really liked him in that movie. I think again, it comes down to like, oh, I like him as yes, an actor. Totally. I don't like that he's not a nice guy in sneakers because I really like him. But I'm like, oh, I, I like him. Like he's good. So <laughs> I enjoy him even when he's being a bad guy in sneakers. But he's um. I really do enjoy him as an actor. He's great. Totally. And I love the actor who played Howard Hughes as a kid. I really liked Howard Hughes. When I found out he was a real person, I got very excited because like Pauline, mm. like you, I I didn't know that. I think I was right. first introduced to Howard Hughes through this film. And I was just like, he's cool. He invents all yeah. these amazing things. And I think it was our dad who explained he was an actual person. And I was like, what? Yeah. At one point in one of the many viewings we had of this film. And, well, then... and I'm sure that just confused me. And I thought, so this is real then. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, so this happened? And I'm sure there this was like a, based no, on a true no, story. we're taking, no. Pauline, you're taking the wrong you're, message. You're misunderstanding me. But anyway, that I... And, and I what's know. funny though is, um, Howard Hughes comes becomes so prevalent in pop culture. I think the other big one that I knew him from, so I knew Howard Hughes from The Rocketeer, was then The Simpsons because they parody him with Mr. <gasps> Burns when Mr. Burns so goes crazy good. after owning the casino, and he's got oh. the he's got Kleenex boxes on his feet. He doesn't clip his toenails, and he his tells, hair's all long. He tells <laughs> Smithers he's like, "We have to go to my precious casino. We'll take this spruce moose. Hop in." But sir, that's just a model. I said. Hop in. And he pulls a gun. gun and smithers. And 
And uh, someone explained, I think an older sibling was like, oh, they're making fun of Howard Hughes. And my brain was like, wait, Howard Hughes is from Rocketeer. He doesn't look like that. What happened to Howard Hughes that he'd look like that? And that's when I found out the actual story of Howard Hughes. So it's funny where it sort of lands in your head, what pop mm-hmm. culture stays. And I think, as you said, we watch this movie so much. It is hard to peg first impressions versus like you know the third or fifth or tenth time we watch it Mm -hmm. so I'll just go with like the big ones but yeah I always loved the Unders of the Sea the South Seas Club I always loved Jenny's clothes I always I have a severe secondhand embarrassment moment in this movie can you guess what moment is the secondhand embarrassment is it when Malcolm messes up and he tells them about the like crash landing and Cliff didn't tell Jenny about it that comes close Okay, wait, the, okay, wait, let me think. There's me think. one no, other one that's no. worse. Okay. Mm. So much worse. <laughs> which, no, which one, when? It's when? when Cliff goes to visit Jenny because they've had that argument where Cliff is, like, he and his team, PV, have dreamed of uh, being a racer. Like, they have this, they've, they've the saved nationals. up money they're for 40 the years. The nationals. They had to buy this plane after saving it up. Yeah, they're going to take it to the Nationals. And the first time they go fly happens to be at the start of the movie when the, as Pauline said, the mafia guys have stolen the rocket and they're being chased by the FBI. And there's lots of stray bullets going around and they happen to clip the plane. And the plane goes down and crashes into one of their cars and their plane is actually destroyed. So they can't go to the Nationals. And Cliff doesn't tell Jenny because he's embarrassed, because he's worried that he has to start over. And Malcolm's the one who accidentally lets it slip. So then Jenny tells him, you have to tell me I should be the first to know the important things that happen in your life. So then when he finds the rocket and has it, he decides, I should tell Jenny. This is very important. So he goes to the movie set where she is on set filming a scene as a background um, character uh, for one of Neville Sinclair's films so she's very excited even though she's just in the background she's still on set with Neville Sinclair and they finally are getting this take right this take that has taken them a bunch of times to do like take clearly. 28 take 28 and it's finally going well and Cliff is there where he's not supposed to be and he leans on a piece of the scenery and the entire wall comes down on top of Neville Sinclair and then he's standing there in the debris and everyone's (laughs) staring at him and he just goes uh I'm looking for Jenny Blake (laughs) and the director's like uh Jenny Blake yeah Jenny Blake and meanwhile poor Jenny is mortified and is like waving to them like yeah that's me and has to disappear grab Cliff and like run and she gets fired as a result of this action temporarily it doesn't last Mm. long but she's still fired and she's upset and for me as a kid that moment when the wall comes down and they're all staring at cliff and he's an idiot and all he can say is her name so she gets in trouble and she's embarrassed and humiliated and as a kid i was like why cliff why Why you do it why would you do this this is so hard that's like your worst nightmare Lisa's worst nightmare worst come true. Nightmare. If that had ever happened to me, anything of that magnitude, I just, I just want to crawl into a hole. And Lisa's die. like, I'm just gonna kill myself. Don't mind me. Totally. He's gonna go if over I was Jenny, here. I'd be like, I'm just gonna hang myself with this stage rope. Is that cool? <laughs> I think it'll solve all our problems right now. So just that go run was into traffic. Rewatching it, I'm like, oh shit, this scene. And even as an adult, I'm like, oh no. Oh, that's <laughs> here, so funny. Here it comes. 
I love your secondhand embarrassment stories. They make me so happy. I'm glad they make you happy. They make me genuinely uncomfortable. Which is so funny because it's like, everyone's uncomfortable when those things happen. Like, that's uncomfortable. But like, it didn't stick in my brain enough to even think that that was... And then when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that is really awkward and embarrassing. (laughs) But like, every other person is kind of like, well, that's super awkward. Ha ha ha. And then like, move move along. And you're just like... Lisa just dwells in the awkwardness, just, just sits there being just uncomfortable. Sinks in, it, sinks in it, and it makes me so uncomfortable. I want to avoid it at all costs. You're like in the pit of despair. I am. I am. That is me. Pit of despair, secondhand embarrassment. I can still feel my gut churning even thinking about it. My stomach oh, twists that's over. So funny. <laughs> anyway, I love so it. that's a big one for me as a kid. Also, the ending. I love how over the top the ending is because you have the finale where not only have the moth have like the FBI been told oh, man. about the the connection between Cliff Secret and the Nazis. I'm sorry, Cliff Secret, Neville Sinclair and the Nazis, and that Cliff's girlfriend's been taken and he has to give him the rocket in order to get Jenny back safe and sound. And then they have this, he decides to go anyways, even though he's not going to get back up from the FBI and he gets there and the mobsters are with him. And then he cleverly tells the mobsters you know, what's it like working for a Nazi, What's it like working Eddie? for a Nazi? And Eddie actually gets upset and changes sides. But then, oh, no, oh. the Nazis are hiding in the woods and come out in full uniform. And my brain yeah. and adult is like, did they change clothes I was after like, coming to the I totally, I was like, so how'd they get on the plane? Like, <laughs> so, why, when did they get here? Was this like through an airport? Because they have a Zeppelin, but the Zeppelin doesn't hold enough. Hold that many. And they're people. already there before the Zeppelin arrives because totally. they already talk about the Zeppelin here on the movie. And then, and then like, the FBI what? comes out of nowhere and you're like, what's going on? How did they all hide in different bushes? And how did no one notice anyone else was there? <laughs> and then like the mob and the oh. FBI are all shooting at the same guys together because and there's this scene where like one FBI Nazis. agent and Ed, Eddie Valentine like look at each other and they're like acknowledging that they're both shooting at the same guys <laughs> and then they keep shooting and everyone has a Tommy gun everyone has a Tommy gun even the FBI agent FBI have Tommy, Tommy gun. guns and the Germans one of the have things, those German guns that you can't so one of the things that I will so say funny. about trivia yeah is that they uh, there's more backstory to Eddie Valentine that they didn't put in the movie and I think it's in the comic Ooh. book and I think and I think it might be in the graphic novel. I'm not positive, but mm. um, uh, that he fought in World War One, and Ooh, that's why that makes so much more sense. So when Cliff Secord is like, "What's it like working for a Nazi?" and then it's like, and then he like turns it, and Eddie then goes to Neville Sinclair and is like, "What's he talking about?" It matters more to his character because he fought in World War One, which is interesting. Like, he also calls them Krauts. Krauts when they're shooting. He's like, "Let him have it. I don't work for no." Like he he yeah. describes them I'm in a way that would have been that would have been from World War One, totally. which makes sense, right? Totally. He doesn't refer so, to them as Nazis. He refers to them as Krauts. Krauts. He refers to them as like it's as German. how he would have. It's that they're in German, not that they're yeah. yeah. So it was, so anyway, that was the backstory of Eddie Valentine. And that was, that was unfortunately not included. But anyway, it's just kind of, well, so anyway, I just wanted to throw that to the So interesting because, again, I watched this movie with our mom. And oh, there were a couple moments. What did mom say? Oh my gosh. There were a couple moments that were just really funny for what, what she'd say. And I'm trying to remember all of them. But they were just like, it's kind of like she forgot some of the things that were happening in the film because I think it had been so long since she'd seen it. So it was actually really funny because right. we were watching because she's, she's like, she completely forgot the opening to the movie where the FBI are chasing the mafia and it's, you know, thrilling right. bullet yeah. chase and the hiding of the rocket. And she's like, this is very exciting. 
this is I, I don't remember this part at all and I'm like really like she genuinely had forgotten it which was really funny and then um at this other part where the hospital scene so one of Eddie's men who helped steal the rocket ends up in the hospital as a result of that huge car chase at the start and and Lothar visits him and he's the first victim. He's the first one bent in half after finding out where the rocket is. And he's screaming. And this nurse and this cop who are sort of stationed outside listening to the radio suddenly hear his screams and go to bash in the door. And then you see his dead body when they open the door. And mom's reaction was, they killed him? They, wait, <laughs> they killed him? And I'm like, do you, when's the last time you watched this movie, mom? Like she was genuinely upset and genuinely horrified that he was killed and then my other favorite mom moment was at the very finale that finale we talk about how there's a zeppelin so after shooting at nazis um uh timothy dalton and jennifer Connolly and a couple of nazis end up on this zeppelin and he basically is like we've got the girl the rocket will come to us and then cliff secret sure enough great line great sure line. enough flies his rocket up to rescue jenny and as they're fighting um they you know they have to lighten the load so you know timothy dalton throws one yeah. of the nazis off who doesn't matter and he's like we still got the pilot what does it matter and then all of a sudden because mom and i were talking i'm like he threw out that guy without thinking i was like well he's still got the pilot and then seconds later <laughs> the pilot ends up accidentally being tossed out of the zeppelin too and mom's response was to go well there goes the pilot <laughs> I, was, I was gone i was laughing so hard and then at the end um, there's a crash that there's the Hollywood land sign and some of the crash. I mm. think it's, is it Neville Sinclair himself Neville who ends Sinclair. up hitting it? So he yeah. ends up strapping on the rocket and um, there's, there a fuel leak. A, there's a fuel leak from a previous bullet hole, which was covered over with Cliff Secord's lucky gum. And mom and I just were like, it's the world's most amazing gum that it stays on this rocket totally. pack the whole time and protects yeah. him. But Neville Sinclair, as a result, he's rem Cliff gives him the rocket removing the gum. So that there's a fuel leak and he catches fire and he lands on the land part of the Hollywood land sign. And mom's response was, of course. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Because there have been other jokes love of it. what happened to the, Holly the land part. It. And I just love that that was deadpanned. Uh, of course yeah and That's so awesome. she enjoyed it she actually said she really liked watching it she had a lot of fun with it but it was just really enjoyable having these very mum moments of like her just oh, reacting in real time to the film so I had a blast I have a question her. about mom and a quote mm. but we'll get to that when we get to the totally. quotes just because I have a very distinct memory of mom so remind me about it when we get absolutely there. well let's move on then we're gonna go into yeah because it's been it's been a while been half an hour. we've talked about our favorite um, things about it as kids so yeah. sorry sorry we should be more pressing no nope, um, so no nope. I got it's good let's shift to is offensive Pauline did you clock anything that was offensive um, for this film how you feeling there was nothing that particularly stood out to me mm. like there's one theme where like um, Neville Sinclair gets uh, another another actor of the time. I, I don't I don't remember the joke or whatever. But to like just sit with Jenny at the South Seas Club while he goes and talks to Eddie and W. C. Fields. Yeah, I there looked we go. him up because I didn't recognize him either. But yes, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't get this joke, but I knew I knew it was an actor of the time. And anyway, and then there's this scene where he just was like 
charmed. And then he like stares at her cleavage and he's like, doubly charmed. Yeah, so creepy. And I feel like the only reason, it's not offensive, no. but I just feel like it was like, oh, typical gross. And in my head, I think what just made it so gross was that Jennifer Connelly just looks so young mm-hmm. and this guy is so old. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. ew, gross. Totally. Stop it. Totally. And I remember as a kid, I was like, ew. Oh, like, yeah. He, he's, ew. he's awful. No. He shouldn't be allowed to look at her cleavage like totally. that. Like I remember thinking totally. that as a kid. Like that's yeah. not for you. That's not allowed. You don't get to do that. Not, she's not wearing that for you. So anyway, um, but I there was nothing. Right. I don't even. <laughs> that definitely wasn't an intention. I just was like, that's those are hers. She, no. <laughs> she didn't let you do that. Awesome. Anyway, um, yeah. but there was nothing. It stuck out no. in my head that I was like, that's offensive. What about you? Did you have anything? No, nothing that was like, oh my gosh, like that, nothing that caught me off guard. Nothing that I was like, oh, that's of the time, 1990s yeah. weirdness. Like, I no. mean, as we said, like Neville Sinclair is not just a Nazi cool. sympathizer. He is a creep. And it's, it's yeah. interesting because there is this moment where um, he clearly has secret rooms and viewing rooms and stuff and he's chloroformed jenny mm. and he's brought he just her... had chloroform in yeah, his pocket just, when like, he was at the so south seas club like, like, i'm like do people just carry that like why that's what he... cam said <laughs> cam said the same cam was like so he just had chloroform in his pocket like, and so i was like just, just go with it question uh, to me i'm like that just adds a layer of creepiness because clearly he's done this before right how many usual girls thing? has he chloroformed um, then she, she wakes up and she's all dizzy he's like it's the chloroform it'll yeah. wear off and it's like how how that's many people re- that's not reassuring <laughs> no i don't feel good about this now <laughs> that's not oh it's just chloroform oh okay that explains it proceed with what you're doing and he go even, on he even has a closet with scantily like women's women's lingerie and silky yeah and he's Mm -hmm. like he wants her to wear one and it's so interesting because we said that he's based off of errol flynn and one of the things i learned which made me really and because i used to love errol flynn now i'll just love him as robin hood and not the person um but he actually had secret rooms in his house and he had peepholes he had two-way yeah. mirrors. He was a Gross. creep and a half. So I think it's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the... Like, I'm sure that the secret room adds to it. Because, of course, he has a radio in one. But I think the implication that he has these women's lacy, you know, lingerie. And, yeah. and he, like, sort of peeks in at her and stuff. And there's weird placements of windows. You can almost sense that that's what they're going for. And I think, especially if it's the comic book creator's touch, that would be something they would know. That was yeah, rumored totally. about Errol Flynn, for sure. And so it's not offensive. It simply adds to this level of who he is as a character. So I just thought that was interesting rewatching as an adult and suddenly remembering, oh, I remember reading about Errol Flynn being such a creep. And I liked that. Then I'm just like, yeah, he he really is a good pastiche of him because that's accurate. Um, But but aside from the doubly charmed and the fact that Jennifer Connelly is so young, like it's there's nothing really though no, there's, no. if you're gonna be watching it's very movie, pg it's pg there is some violence obviously we've talked about a guy who folds people in half you don't see it it's implied there's like gunshots there's and no stuff. blood yeah. yeah that's not serious though like the violence no. isn't so intense nope. it's good so yeah so a lot of it was, is implied a lot of it's implied and yeah. i i was actually really happy i was so happy that i'm like oh nothing offensive has come up like this is good yeah. oh yay. i can i can enjoy this movie without any problems <laughs> like, yeah yay. Um, moving on, we're going to pivot a bit. So, if we're doing offensive, let's do Bechtel test. Pauline, does Rocketeer pass okay, the Bechtel so test? The only part that I think mm. would qualify 
is when Jenny and her friend Irma, Irma. are on yep. the set of the movie that their uh, background character's in. And the lead actress, the one who, not the lead actress, the one who got the part that they both wanted and who, like, butchers her lines, keeps, like, messing it up and does a terrible job of acting and they keep cutting. And then one of them's like, oh, you know, your audition was so much better. Irma, everyone's audition was better. And it's like, that's what happens when it's the producer's niece. And it's like, oh, so she gets to play a scene with Neville Sinclair and we play scenery. I love Hollywood. Yes, So yeah. I'm like, well, technically, that is a conversation between two women about something other than a man. Now, granted, they're bitching about another woman, so I don't know how great that is. But, but at the same time, it does. It passes, it passes the Bechdel test. The Bechdel test, and I—that's the same conversation that I noted as well. So I was like, "This is what I was it's actually only, like." Oh, it's the only conversation that passes the Bechdel test in the movie. Totally, because the only other one is there's another female character who's named Millie, who is yeah. sort of like the owner of the the cafe that the sort of lunch spot dinner spot for the, the diner that they yeah, yeah that they all on go the air to runway. on the air on the airway and um and she's lovely but she doesn't really talk to jenny and no. when she does it's about cliff or right. about the other pilots so and she really actually i think just talks to like well go get her you dope and yeah she, talks she really to talks cliff to about jenny yeah, but like yeah. she doesn't i don't think her and yeah jenny thanks her for the soup jenny's like thank you for line. the soup and yeah. then I don't think Millie says anything because she's leaving pissed. But yes, I would say technically it does still pass because yep. Irma's named, Jenny's named, and they do have a conversation that is not about a man. Yeah. Even though they it's are just, bitching about another girl. Just another woman. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Doesn't matter. It still passes the test. So congratulations, yeah. Rocketeer. Well done. Yep. All right. Um, so then moving on, let's go to one of my favorites. We're going to do quotes. So Pauline. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is a quote that you well, got very excited to hear or that you okay. read as a kid? So we already talked about um, the the name of the episode in the trivia set. So I'll just talk about that really <laughs> quick. So they find the Rocketeer. Um, they realize there's kind of no way to really steer the Rocketeer very well. And there's, there's a, or the rocket very well, I should say. And so there's, there's a moment before we get to the part where PV puts a rudder on the helmet and mm. they're testing the rocket out with a statue that they just randomly yes. cut down outside of a this other air field thing and then so they take it to the middle of this farm and they this farm field and they stick a spike in the ground and tie it to a chain on the guy and anyway so it's yes, flying around it's and then it gets loose and then it flies into the air and and they, there's lots of quotes even in that entire discussion that i could say but mm-hmm. what happens is it falls, it crashes, they pick it up, they start carrying it, and Cliff is talking to PV and he's like, he's got an idea. And he's like, I don't wanna I don't wanna keep it. I just wanna borrow it for a while. And PV's <laughs> line is, Cliff, when you borrow something and don't tell nobody, they call that stealing. <laughs> and I remember just thinking that line was so funny. Uh, I thought that was so good. And he's trying to convince him not to do it, and it leads into a second line where he's like, PV concedes and he's like, We're gonna need one hell of a lawyer. Cliff mm-hmm. puts it up and the, the statue's head is cut in half and he's like yes. I think we're going to need a helmet <laughs> and then he makes the helmet that has the rudder that he calls him a hood ornament and, and he does kind of look like a hood ornament I'm he does he, actually yeah. when he says yeah. it and I, I laughed even when he said it because his delivery is so good he's like how do I look so like, good like a hood ornament because <laughs> he does looks and he exactly does like that's it. exactly what he looks like what about you it. what's a couple of years a couple um so one of the ones that I laughed like a belly laugh because I love this line and I was happy when it came on again is so 
when Cliff first uses the rocket, he clearly is still learning. He's got this rudder on his head that he doesn't know how to manipulate. He's still learning how to like turn the rocket on and off. So he's having some issues and he ends up low flying in the rocket through a clothesline like mm-hmm. a ghost mm-hmm. and then he ends up going through a field mm-hmm. and all these it pans to these two farmers where all they can see is suddenly something big going through their field and it's like tearing up the like haystack stalks or whatever as he's going through or the grass it's like so fast yeah so fast and one of them they just both are very quiet and they're watching it progress across the field and all one of them says is big gopher (laughs) (laughs) and and so out of nowhere you aren't expecting it but it's so fitting for what is happening on screen that even now I do this big belly laugh when I rewatch the movie because I just there's something about it that just is hilarious to me and mom laughed too I was gonna ask so that's the line I didn't get as a kid (laughs) I didn't get that line I didn't think it was funny yeah because I didn't get the nuance of the situation the scene that they painted but I remember sitting next to mom on the couch one of the many times we were watching it and the guy says big gopher and mom's just killing herself (laughs) and I remember looking at her being like I don't get it. What is it? Mom, 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 <laughs> explain, explain, explain. And she was just like, oh, never mind. Like, it's done, right? You can't explain yeah, it. But, yeah, yeah. but I remember mom thinking it was funny. <laughs> so I wanted to know if mom laughed she at that did. line. The two of us laughed. She did her same, she did her yeah. same laugh, I'm sure, where she was just killing herself. And she's like, she was like, that's a great line. And yeah. she was just like doubled uh, over. So no, we both laughed really hard when that came on screen again. So it's still really funny to her now. Yeah. And so in that scene... See, I like to I like to pepper it through the episode, but in that <laughs> yeah, yeah. in that yeah, like scene that. where he says "big gopher," the mm-hmm. other guy who's standing with his mouth agape is the <laughs> actor nice who plays Lothar. So no. yeah, so the, so that's him without the makeup, that's him without and looking the like a normal prosthetic, person. and it's just him. Oh, and he's leaning there, and he's not. It. So that's the guy who played Lothar, and I was like, "Oh, cool, that's amazing!" So, yeah, that's amazing. That I like that one. Okay, what's yeah. another one that you love? What's another quote um, that got you excited? Well, that was mine. I liked that one. I like the <laughs> line where um, uh, he so same so the similar scene, and again, mm. mine mine comes from PB. So um, actually, no, it doesn't. But it's with PV. So it, mm-hmm. after he cuts through that field, then he goes skipping like a stone across a pond yes. until he crashes. And then PV comes and finds him and they like get themselves sorted and they're, he get, brings him to the truck and PV's obviously lecturing him as they're going. And then mm-hmm. they see that the newsboys are coming and the mob is showing up. And so they're like, oh no. And the, the truck isn't starting. So then, so then Cliff's like, put it in neutral. And he's like, what? Put it in neutral. And he's like, put it in neutral. He's like, you steer, I push. Yes. And then he just turns on the rocket pack. And the truck <laughs> is just driving down this straight road. And it's so funny to me. And then PB's like, it's like, you know, when something's happening and you're just like, ooh. And that's, <laughs> that's how PB's totally. driving the whole time. And I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, boy, it's a really good thing that's a straight line. Because totally you do a slight turn and the truck and is tipping you're just like, gone just... you're just gone there's that, no way you can handle it yeah i thought that line was so good so i like that, that line i loved as a kid too um yeah. one that i will say mom cracked up over and i did laugh and i kind of forgot about it i think because as an adult i liked it more than as a kid um so when the the mob guys are being chased by the fbi the one who ends up in the hospital has this brilliant idea of hiding the rocket inside of an old plane 
Mm. And then he sees a nearby that like special vacuum cleaner that is similar enough in its shape to look like the rocket. So he stashes that in the container that originally held the rocket. And then he drives back out of the, the sort of hangar that he was in. And he ends up accidentally crashing that car, um, jumping out just in time and it catches fire. And so it looks like the rocket has been disposed of that it got you know burnt up in the crash and so that's the end of like howard hughes's rocket and then it turns out of course that they're wrong and in the news front of the newspaper it shows a rocket man saves you know so and so and just pans to howard hughes looking at the destroyed vacuum cleaner and he goes congratulations gentlemen thanks to the diligence of the fbi this particular vacuum cleaner will not fall into the wrong hands (laughs) very matter-of-factly and mum wasn't expecting that line and she was killing herself again and so and I laughed but mom was like found it really funny so I just wanted to state that one because oh, I thought it was really cute. cute how much she really liked that line that's okay line. what's uh what's another one from you we'll do maybe what one more each probably probably I feel like one more each because in my head I'm like yeah. we could go on for we could go on forever I, so let's I just realized final, I just keep talking in quotes so one of my the other <laughs> Uh, so it just comes back to the man. It just comes back to PV and Cliff. Mm-hmm. But he's when he's like, he's he's made the helmet, but but Cliff hasn't worn it yet, and he's mm-hmm. he's whatever. And Cliff picks it up and he just looks at it, and it's like this thing with the rudder, and it's got these big eyes, and it looks really cool, I think. And Cliff mm-hmm. just holds it up, and he's like, he's got to be kidding. <laughs> I really was like, I remember as a kid, I was like. What do you mean? Why is he kidding? That's what he looks like. Like I remember yeah, just yeah. being like, why, this is why what he's supposed to be? Like but I so that that was kind of like a funny yeah. line to me as an adult. I was like, oh yeah, I guess that would be weird to just wear this helmet that looks like a hood that ornament. Would be so differently yeah. designed from anything you would normally yeah. wear, right? Like so foreign. I love it. Um, one of the ones that I really liked as a kid, and it's Jenny's, mm. and it's um, she when uh, she's the one who, you know, after being chloroformed by Neville Sinclair, she wakes up and sort of explores the room she's in and then happens to catch him as he's coming out of a secret room. And she very cleverly goes back and lays on the bed and acts Mm -hmm. like she's still unconscious. And then he wakes her up with smelling salts and they have this whole scene and she pretends to be going along with him and that he's successfully seducing her. And as she like, she has him, you know, she's gonna try on some of that lingerie he's shown her. And she tells him to come in, she needs she needs some help with her dress. And so he leans down and she smashes him over the head with a lamp, which I loved as a kid. Uh, a smashes vase. him over the head, a vase, that's it. It smashes, it breaks. And all she says is, I finally played a scene with Neville Sinclair. <laughs> and she zips up her dress. Zips up her dress. And she leaves to go check out that secret room. And I will say, I really like her as a character. I loved her as a character as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I think I appreciate her more because I'm like, way to go. Way yeah. to just take initiative. You don't take crap from your boyfriend, but you also support him when you know he's right. You figure yeah. out there's a secret room. You've knocked this guy out. You're, gonna You're not just some out, damsel. Like, like you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, she I tries way. and works, and I really appreciate that about her. So yeah, yeah so I I like that line as a kid, and I still like it as an adult. I'll yep, say, fair enough. That's a good one. I agree. All right. So Pauline, the ultimate question, of mm. course, with the Rocketeer: mm. mm-hmm. Do you still love it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. would you recommend it? Oh, I think it's very obvious. I still love it. <laughs> um, Would have been a shock if you said otherwise. I know. Like, I, I can just go through, like, as everything was happening, when we, Cam and I were watching it, I just had this big shit-eating grin on my face. Because I just was like, 
it's everything I remember it being. I will <laughs> say awesome. that the question of like, does it hold up mm-hmm. is, is in my head, it's iffy. I, mm. there are, I feel like why I feel like I understand why it didn't do great at the box office is it's towards the end the the over the top scene of the nazis and the fbi mm-hmm. and the mob mm-hmm. all fighting in a gunfight like it's like okay and it might be now because in hindsight now comic book adaptations of movies is are so good now and there's a mm. there's a skill and there's a thoroughness to the writing and the plot you the the way they're done now make them so believable because mm. they need to exist in this world on their own and there's this flushing out that's so so well done i find in in most of the comic book adaptations that you see made into movies nowadays and so i feel like the ending like because he had never seen it and and he's, oh, he's in yeah. it he was totally in it he was totally committed and then it's kind of like as soon as the Nazi angle comes in <laughs> and the whole plan was like this dramatic, like the line that Terry O'Quinn says about pay attention, son, it cost a man his life to get this out of Germany. And then they watch this video of how like the Germans tried to build this rocket so these rocket men could then invade the U.S. And it's like, well, you've got planes. So I don't really know why you're in, uh, going <laughs> a transatlantic trip in a rocket. What are you eating? How are you? Do you have enough fuel? This doesn't make sense. Well, and you so, also wouldn't be targeting the states because yeah, they didn't. They targeted no. other places close by. First, yeah. Right? And like, so sure, they their plan was world domination. Let's say they were going to go mm. to the States. So like in my head, I'm like, okay, sure. But you're not going to do that with individual no. men with rocket packs. You're doing that with planes. You're doing that with <laughs> massive ships. You're doing that where you can send like 150 men all at totally. once. Totally. You want so, a lot of people. So there is that element where the the story does, I think, now fall apart. Mm. In, in adult Pauline's brain, it doesn't really hold up because now I'm like oh they actually did such a good job of like mom said that opening scene is really exciting and it's really realistic and you believe it you believe the whole thing and so then it it turns and I'm like oh if this was written just slightly differently or slightly nuanced Mm -hmm. uh, it would it would land better now and so I totally totally I feel like I would recommend it to someone who watched it as a kid and Mm. loved it or who watched Mm. as a kid and thought it was whatever I think that you'd still go back and appreciate it I think I'd recommend it to anyone who like has a kid who maybe like now is grown up and they're like oh I want my kid to watch this like it's still a good movie Mm. for kids like it's still but I feel like if you are just an adult a 30 year old person (laughs) looking for a movie to watch I I I don't think I would recommend it and I I wouldn't recommend it because I don't want to hear the answer because I want you to love it. Like I didn't yes. even really press Cam when Cam was like, "Yeah, it kind of fell apart with the Nazis." I was like, yeah, sure did. Okay, well, it's done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. I Let's not didn't... go into detail on this one. Yeah, I oh, didn't actually man. want to hear all of the logic and reasons that he could right. could have said because I'm like, I totally. know, I know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't totally. matter. Doesn't matter. I love this movie. It's how I felt about Lady Hawk, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you right. Shush. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A good movie. Yeah, exactly. It's when you love it that much, mm-hmm. you you see past those flaws. You'll love it anyways. But you yeah. don't want someone else pointing them out to you. 
So it's, it was described actually when I was doing the, I don't remember who it was who mm-hmm. was kind of, who wrote the review on it. So I'm really sorry to whoever this person is, but it, they're kind of talking about how it's like, it's kind of like Indiana Jones, but it's missing the irony that Indiana Jones has of like the, the making fun of the time. Like mm. it's, it's these chiseled jaw heroes that are going to save the day. And it's like, well, Indiana Jones is like sarcastic and there's a, there's a biting wit and the, this, mm. a rolling of the eyes that, that happens as you're kind of like, they're kind of making fun of the period with it. Whereas mm-hmm. this is like dead serious. Yeah. Dead serious, <laughs> clean cut. This is how it's going. Yeah. Like, listen here, scram. See, like that's, that's how like the FBI, <laughs> the FBI guys are talking at the beginning, even and how, what they're saying to each other, like how they're is like, he's getting fitted for a, a wooden suit or whatever they said to the guy. And I was like, <laughs> Oh brother. So it's like, it's that kind of like yeah. 1930s talk. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this sounds absurd. So there's that. So I, I guess what I'll say is, if you're going to watch <laughs> it, I don't want to hear that you don't like it. So don't tell me that. But if you're <laughs> going to watch it. the one time where she says, I need you to know. Yeah, don't tell us. If you loved it, please tell me. But if you don't love it, I don't want to hear it. But I feel Put like... it on Twitter if you didn't like it, because uh, she won't yeah, see it there. exactly. I won't see it. Lisa will tell me, but I don't need to know. Because I just, I already know the absurdities of it that I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's totally impractical. But that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that you got to go in knowing that there's going to be impracticalities involved. Uh, but like yes. you said, Lisa, Jenny is a great character. And I do feel mm-hmm. like it's, I think one of the reasons why I still love Jennifer Connelly to this day in everything that she does. And she's a great actress, but I think it's because I really, I genuinely loved Jenny and mm-hmm. how badass she actually was. And, and I really, I really think that she's a very good role model if you're mm. going to show this movie to kids of like, of a good woman to be, mm. in my opinion. Mm. What about you? Nice. What do you? What do you think? I, I mean, I still love this movie. I still had a. Uh such fun re-watching it it was really fun watching with mom but I would have had fun even if she wasn't there it's just a delightful film as soon as the opening started and the score started oh, the score. you know me I'm a music oh. person and that score well, you is are such James a Horner crucial person. one and I'm James Humor I'm a sucker for James Horner um that score was such a crucial so one good. going up that as soon as it started to play I was like oh yeah Oh yeah, it was just, just sentimental. <laughs> oh, it was just so good. It just makes oh, me just makes shit. me so happy. I actually have the the score of the main theme on my on my iPhone. Okay. Uh, cuz that's how that's how this woman rolls with having a lot of musical score on her iPhone. <laughs> And that's one of them. This it is a good one. Happy. This, is, I, this totally. one makes me happy. Yep. So from the get-go, I was like, yep, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm going to love this, even with the flaws. And so same thing. It's it's still a great movie to watch. It's a fun one to watch with kids. It's a great one to re-watch if you liked it. Um, I, It has aged in terms of comic books, but it still feels like if you know that it's a comic book film, mm. go in with that. I think you'll embrace more of it than if mm. you don't know that going in. Right. So knowing it's based in a comic book, that stylized 90s way of doing a comic book, it's one of the best ones they they did as an adaptation. Oh, really. totally. Like, this um, is way better than The Phantom. I was just thinking The Phantom, and I or, um, said it Or The too. Shadow. The Shadow. Who knows so The Shadow I'm, knows. I'm adding those to our list. I already had The Phantom on there. I didn't have The, the Shadow. shadow. So putting mm-hmm. that on there. Alec Terrible. Baldwin, classic. And Tim Curry again. Uh, but oh. I would say... I would say that 
Yeah, like you, if you've never seen it before and you're expecting a more serious film, skip it. You're not going to get that here. But if you are expecting a 90s sort of comic-y style, period, fun one, that's what you're going to get. Is it over the top at times? Absolutely. That's kind of part of the joy. Mom kept saying, actually, because I told her as we were watching, I'm like, oh, it's based because that it says um, in the opening credits based on the comics by such and such. And I'm like, oh, it's a comic. And I'm like, yeah. And so as a result, I think that also sort of flipped a switch in her brain as she was watching because anytime it got over the top, she says, ah, comic book movie. (laughs) (laughs) And she just accepted it because that's where her brain went. And she remembers comics as like from when she was a kid, that kind of comics is what she's thinking of. And it fits that. It totally fits that genre. So I would say if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you want to share with your kids or just watch on your own, that is what you're going to get. Enjoy it. If that's Mm. not your scene, then just skip it because you aren't going to enjoy it on the same way. Watch a different one. Mm. That's totally. Yep. I agree. Awesome. All right. Well, this oh, has been very fun. I was so happy fun. to rewatch it. It was such one. a good movie. If you guys have rewatched it, let oh, us talk know to on us. Instagram. Only or if you liked it. Don't <laughs> say the bad reviews on Twitter. It's yeah. totally fine. I'll accept them. Um, and I'm just and kidding. Just... I can take it. Can you? Because <laughs> I, I don't think I can with some of mine. So That's props fair. to you if you can. Um, all right. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks, guys. We will it's always see fun. You. Yeah, Ooh, it's always a blast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Speaking of, we're yeah. at Real Window. Real is spelled R-E-E-L. And mm-hmm. then, uh, or you can send us an email. Let us know any yeah. stories about, like, if you watch this movie or if you, um, if you have other movies where you thought you understood something and then you didn't understand it. And we love hearing about those stories. So send Absolutely. us an email. Our email is real.window at gmail.com. Yes. Boom. And We'd we'll be up. love to hear from you. Later this week with our next trivia episode. Lisa's picking yeah, the movie. I'm, my I'm stoked. Turn. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.